It's time for a healthy dose of No Shit November. Welcome to Confessions of a Working Writer, the podcast where we celebrate No Shit November. And I know that's uh, that sounds kind of dark, right? Coming from from the working writer Matt, your buddy that you hear from, you know, every couple weeks for a year we heard every week, and I kept telling you to persevere and all, and I'm I'm still going to tell you that. But it's time for a reality check about creative work. Now, there's a lot of reasons I'm, I'm on this topic, and, and full disclosure, part of this is because I've been writing on Medium um, lately. I started getting a little more serious about putting stuff up on Medium as kind of an experimental platform in a place where I could just jot thoughts down on every day and maybe earn enough to make a, to pay for a sandwich or pay my phone bill uh, by doing it. L- literally, that's the reason I'm there, so that I can throw some stuff out there and all, and look. I've found some really great writers on there. Um, I've been able to put some stuff out that I thought was actually pretty good. Um, it's not bad. I like it. It it keeps me it keeps me flexible in, in my creativity. It keeps me moving forward. I really like a lot about Medium, but there is this trend within Medium that, quite honestly, pisses me the fuck off. And, and look, I'm sure that because I've been on Medium and I, I've followed some of you on Twitter, maybe you follow me and maybe you found the podcast that some of you are hearing. So if if you're about to jump me here, you know, you're prepping, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm pinning an angry email. Let me go ahead and, and tell you what people who've listened to me for a while know. I don't care. Um, I don't. I have really thick skin. But let's get right down to it. Here's what pisses me the fuck off. And it's this idea that that fame and fortune are why we do our work, right? I'm going to be famous, I'm going to be rich, I'm going to be Stephen fucking King in five minutes of writing. And this, every time I'm not, any moment that I'm not, any moment that the cards turn on me, any second that bad stuff happens, I am going to sit down and pin just the blog wine of all fucking time to tell you how I should have it better. Now, I sound angry because the problem is those whining blogs. See, I don't care. Let me let me clarify. If you're the blogger who needs to write that thing to feel better about your day, I don't care. I don't care that your feelings got hurt and it's upsetting and now you feel like you need to take it out and tell everybody that you should be making more money. Doesn't bother me. What bothers me is that some younger writer is listening to your bullshit and walking away from their work because they're thinking it's hopeless. And they're doing it because you're motivated by the wrong shit. And I'm calling it out. I'm calling it out because I know a lot of these articles written on Medium and other platforms are written under pin names with people that do a great job bragging on their success as a writer, but provide very little evidence of it other than I said. Right? 
I'm on websites. I'm well documented as a copywriter. I write under my own name. I've been doing this for a while. I do that for a reason. I like the transparency of you knowing that I can pay my bills, but I'm not a billionaire. Not a millionaire. Fuck, I'm honestly not even a hundred thousandaire, okay? I'm not. That's it. But I like to be honest. So this is a reality check for creative work. That's where we are. I sound a little angry. Guys, look, I'm not angry at you, audience. I'm angry at the people that are leading you astray with this idea of like, I made $65 million in my writing practice in a month. I'm calling it. I'm throwing the bullshit flag. Flag on the play for lying to fucking people. Let me see the numbers. Because you don't have them. Right? You don't have them. It's a grift. It's a read my thing, buy my coaching class, do this, give me money, because it's a grift. And younger writers and writers who are in doubt and the people that really listen to me, because for some reason I help you keep going at it, you deserve better. So here it is, right? Here's the reality check for creative work. And don't worry. Yeah, we're going to go through some negative stuff, but at the end, I'm going to pick you up like I always do. I'm doing this for you because I don't want you in this game for the wrong reasons. Now, it was different for me. If you're a younger writer, this is an entirely different field than I grew up in. When I started writing, you had to mail your stuff off. No shit. You couldn't even email most work when I really started. You had to mail it off. And you had to wait. And sometimes you got a letter back. And a lot of times you didn't. Right? I heard this a lot around the around writing contests held by Medium and other platforms. I didn't get an email back. Yeah, okay. I know, it's a nice courtesy. It doesn't happen, dude. It didn't happen when I sent you a physical thing a lot, right? I remember submitting to writing contests back in the day where they told you that if you wanted a response, you had to send them an envelope with postage paid to get that response because they weren't going to pay for it, right? So, like, just, again, can we just own? Let's get, I'm going to break this down into four points. Here's how we're going to do this. Let's start with point number one. The work and the environment around the work is hard. That's where this comes in, right? Yeah, you want that email to you. You want that rejection letter. It would be nice to know what you did wrong. But the reality of submitting work with thousands of other people is that no one has the time to give it to you more than likely. It would be nice, but you might not get it. Right? It would be. It would be lovely, but you might not get it right? The work is hard. You put a lot of hours in to put something out that you have no way of verifiably knowing whether it's good or bad. You put it out there and you may be in love with it and people may not respond to it or they may respond to it late or they may never respond to it or they may immediately love things that you thought sucked, right? There's a lot of stuff here. Most writers get rejected lots of times. When I started, that was like your mark of honor, by the way, was getting rejected. When I started working on writing, the mark of honor was building a list of rejection letters. I certainly did. Lots of people did. For any success I've had as a writer, I've had way more rejections. Now, now it's a little different because you don't have to send it off like I didn't do it blindly. You could self-publish and all this stuff, and there's instant metrics, and we think that that changes the game somehow, but it really doesn't. It just means you can reach out to your audience in a more direct manner. Hey, that is a huge advantage, by the way. Huge. You can build an audience before you try to sell a big novel. 
It's true. If you're disciplined, you take the time, you theoretically can build a humongous audience before trying to sell a novel. And that, I guarantee you, will make selling a novel a whole lot easier. It's one of the few guarantees I can give you. It really is. But at the same time, we democratize this process, and so now you can self-publish, you can self-publish blogs, you can self-publish books, you can do all this stuff. And so it's easier to get it out there. So it creates the illusion that the work is no longer hard. Bullshit. The work is still very hard, right? Getting the book written is part of the process of getting a bunch of money from it. And there's no guarantee for it. For every Amazon, there are literally, literally tens of thousands of online retails that failed. Online retailers fail all the time. It happens constantly. Should work, doesn't. Right? The work is hard. That's it. The work here is hard. Right? You have to write. You have to get rejected. You have to get kicked in the face. It is what it is. It's not that different for entrepreneurs, by the way. Like my day job, part of what I do is is business consulting, and I watch entrepreneurs who who work their butts off and get kicked in the mouth. True story. Even successful ones who've taken hits to the mouth. There's just no way around it. Like you're gonna take some shots. You're gonna take them in this business. You're gonna take them in any business. Creative work. You're especially gonna take them in because, unfortunately, for all of us, whether I think it's just or not, and for the record, I don't think it's just. It's just not that valued. I hate to say it that way, but it's not, right? You don't have tons of people scrambling to be patrons to painters anymore. I wish they were. They're not. So we have to accept that the nature of the work that we do is hard. It is hard to put ourselves on the page. If we're being really personal, then we're being really vulnerable, and that is tough. Even if we're not, to craft something worth reading, to sit down and take the time and put your insecurities aside and get words on the page is tough. Okay, the writers that are going to tell me bullshit are most often copywriters. Oh, and wait, because your good buddy Matt is also a copywriter. Yeah, one of my many hats. And they're reproducing listicles and going, oh, but hey, I wrote this list blog and it did great. I can write 80,000 blogs in a day and it's no problem. And they're usually fairly shallow and decently written. They're there to drum up traffic and get people to read. But if you're really trying to do this thing, if you're like, I want to really write a novel, I want to really dive in, I want to really write something that I really give a shit about, you're probably not writing that way. If you are, God bless you. But you're probably not. So the work is hard. Guys, a lot of work is hard. It is hard to be a writer. It is hard to recover from addiction. It is hard to stay in shape. Okay? It is, it is hard to battle mental illness. It is hard to live with autism. It is hard to live with an amputation. Do you, I mean, the list goes on. Some days it's just hard to get out of fucking bed for the best of us. The work is hard. That's point one. Let's jump to point two. Here it is. I know I can hear the groan coming, but here it is. You're entitled to nothing. This is a two-way street, by the way. I'll get to that in a minute. You were entitled to nothing. Just because you wrote something doesn't mean you're entitled to get paid for it. Right? I wish you were. I wish we lived in a world where that was true. It's not. It's a market economy, and that's not the way market economies work. Like I said, sorry, I want to have a happier message for you, but I hear a whole lot of this, like, I need to get paid more than I'm getting paid. You're getting paid what that market says you're worth. Go to another market. Maybe it'll pay you more. 
well, no, I should be getting paid my hourly rate for everything I do because I'm a genius. Apparently, the market disagrees with you. Look, we can debate whether that's right or wrong till the cows come home, and odds are I'll agree with you that it's unjust. But it's just not the reality. And if you want to work creatively, if you want to be a working creative, it's time to embrace the reality. Right? This goes along, you're entitled to nothing, but, but people always forget when I talk about you're entitled to nothing. You know, little money stacks, guys. I've held part-time jobs in big box retailers. I've driven Ubers. I've done all kinds of crap to, to make ends meet to do stuff. I've taken little copywriting jobs. I've done trainings. I Like, there's all kinds of stuff I do to make ends meet. It's true. It's just out there. Now, it doesn't mean you should take on 90 jobs, and I know everybody's life's different. We all have different stuff that we have to deal with and do. Okay? But just sitting there on your duff going, I didn't get paid enough. Well, that's just an issue of entitlement. It really is, guys, because the reality is that's not how this game works right now. Look, I've read brilliant novels. I mean, brilliant novels that made no money. I mean, great novels whose writers were lucky to make a little bit of money. Some of the best novels ever written. Some of the best stuff I ever read. You know? This wonderful little novel, The Man Who Read Love Stories, a beautiful novel out of Latin America, did not make even a million dollars in circulation. Brilliant. Oh, the writer was brilliant. He was a genius. Just didn't make a million bucks. Sucks. It's the reality of it, right? Fifty Shades of Grey is garbage, and it made hundreds of millions of dollars, and the thing's a literary dumpster fire. You're entitled to nothing. Nothing. But let me take that one step further. Your readers are entitled to nothing either. And I bring this up because I, I had one reader who took me to task for not, not meeting their expectations. And then I had a young writer, about 48 hours after that happened, talk to me about something similar happening to them and said, well, how do you deal with it? I'm like, I ignore it. Look, if a whole bunch of my readers like something, and one reader thinks I didn't fulfill their expectations. Too bad. Good thing there's plenty of other writers that will fulfill your expectations. You're not entitled to diddly squat. Not in this game. I wish it were different, but the reality of the situation is you're not. And you need to acknowledge that really quickly so you can get beyond that shit of pining for, for not making enough money. You want to talk to people that don't make enough money? Shout out to my poet friends because they don't make shit. I'm serious, man. Talk to some poets. Poetry books in the United States sell for nothing. I've done poetry slams and live readings and gone to arts events where these guys are, are, are selling their books from a table after the event. Sometimes for gas money. And those poetry books took a whole lot longer than your quick blog. So think about that shit next time you're upset that you didn't make enough money on a thing you maybe created in a half an hour or an hour. To a guy who may have put like a year or two into getting a poetry book together, and he's now selling it out of his bag. Shit, I knew a guy who won a National Book Award for poetry, and that book didn't make him rich either, so it's how it works. Is it right? Probably not. Is it just? Definitely not. Is it the way it is? It sure is. That's point number two, right? So let's go back over. The work is hard. You're entitled to nothing. Let's go to point three. It's a crowded field. For those of you who want fame and fortune, there are a shitload of us out there. 
go to Medium. There's tens of thousands, if not more, of us sitting on that platform. It's a crowded field. Go to a bookstore. Go to your big box book retailer, who shall remain nameless. We all know who we're talking about. There are a couple of them in the U.S. Go to them and walk down the aisles of novels and realize that that's one-tenth of the stuff out there? Yeah. It's a crowded field. And it already has giants walking around in it. And you may become a giant, and you may not. I'm going back to my Fifty Shades of Grey example because it's the best one, right? Like, you can think, I'm genius and I'm entitled and I'll make a bunch of money and I'll get out there. Well, guess what? Someone wrote bad Twilight fan fiction and then managed to write softcore porn for bored people at home. I'm not going to say Housewives. I know dudes who read it, too, and enjoyed it. They enjoyed it for different reasons than the literary merit, let me tell you. I've talked to a lot of them. I've never met anyone who looks at Fifty Shades of Grey and goes, Oh my god, the fucking craft at work here. No one says it. Made hundreds of millions of dollars. Got made into films. The world is upside down, y'all. It is. It's a crowded field. You're going to get out there and you might even be subsumed. So there you go. Reality check. Creative work is hard. You're entitled to diddly squat. And the field is crowded because everyone would like to be an artist and rich and famous for writing the next great blah, blah, blah. It's a really happy message, Matt. Thanks. <laughs> Super happy you gave that one to us on Confessions of a Working Writer. Right before a holiday. Couple weeks till a holiday in the United States and you dropped that bomb on me. Appreciate you. Don't worry, because I'm here to follow it up. Those three points, by the way. Understanding those. Sitting down there and really staring into the belly of the beast. Looking into the void and understanding that the work is hard, you're not entitled to shit, and it's a crowded field. And if you still want to write, then you love it. And that's why you should be writing. Got a story to tell, love writing, love telling stories, passionate for language, however that manifests for you. You should be doing this because you love doing it. If you're doing it for fame and fortune, I can direct you to lots of better ways to get there. Lots especially the fortune angle. There are way easier ways to make money than writing. There are. You don't hear of super famous insurance agents who died poor. Maybe one or two. There's an exception to every rule. But by and large, if anyone was like, ah, oh, he was the best producer and, you know, Matt's awesome insurance company probably died a millionaire. Right, We don't hear about a lot of starving, brilliant neurosurgeons. Don't do this for the fame. Don't do this for the fortune. Do it because you love doing it. That's your reality check, right? Look, I'm not saying don't do creative work. I do creative work. I'm not that hypocritical. Do it because you love doing it. Walk away from this idea of you're going to be rich. 
right? I talked earlier about how there's always someone who's going to say, self-publish your novel, take my course, and I'll show you how to make millions on it. Really? Have you made millions on your book? Sure I have. Can you prove it? Well, not until you sign up for my course, because I'd have to reveal my method. It's convenient, right? If there is something in the last few months that's really started to resonate with me, it is the amount of grift out there, the amount of people that hide shit behind large-scale pay-me's to get it. I know, but Matt, you have stuff behind the medium paywall. Right, you want to read something I wrote and can't get behind the paywall? Yeah. Find me on social media, message me, say, hey, give me the friend link and it's yours. Without a doubt. I'm not hiding my advice. I'm also not hiding who I am. I'm a writer who's been at this a long time. I'm now working on novels and stuff. Previously, I was a playwright. I had some success there. I've had success as a blogger. I work in marketing. Like my, I, Guys, I'm the reality of this world. Right? That's what I am. Y'all need to, to get in touch with why you started doing this. I know why I started doing this. I started doing this when I was a little kid. Because I loved telling stories. I still do. You know, when I write a piece telling people to, you know, take a breath or, or think about it or stop taking things seriously or be inspired or love what you do or even with this podcast, dude, I don't do this stuff because it rakes in a bunch of money because believe me, the podcast actually costs me cash. Totally does. But when you hear someone actually say you made a difference in them, you kind of go, ah, does it really cost me that much money to do? And it doesn't. That's the point. You got to get your mind right and and wrap it around loving what you do and being passionate about what you do and and really dive in. That also, by the way, helps you get better as a writer. Because some of you, again, my beloved listeners, I'm not going after you, but some of you fucking bullshit artists in the writing world with your million listicles who write stuff that make me want to beat my head through a concrete wall. Yeah. There's a reason you're not as good at it as you think you are. You generate traffic because you hit keywords and trending topics, not because you're geniuses. I said it. Whatever, I know who I am and what my level is. Anytime. But if you care, if you really give a damn, and you really work, then you can see it. Now, I'm doing this thing in November where I'm shouting out some writers, people that I've found and, and, and whatnot. And I'm doing it via my social media, but I kind of want to shout out a few people like right now, right? I, I want to shout out some people right here um, and right now about just, you know, writers that I really like. And look, I'm going to tell you, a lot of these are on Medium, so these could be, you know, pin names or whatnot. And I know, Matt, you said people with pin names. No, I said assholes with pin names that are ducking me. Uh, I'm like, if you use a pin name, that's up to you. Just don't hide behind your pin name, right? But, like, I want to talk about, like, Teresa Decker, who does great work and is maybe one of the bravest, most, like, straightforward, honest fucking writers I've read in a long time. I mean, she's got guts, y'all. I'm going to tell you right now, you should go over to Medium and look up Teresa Decker and read some stuff because she writes some hard-hitting stuff. Does she have work to do growing as a writer? Yeah, we all do. 
every last one of us, but she hits hard. I'm not even playing with you. Right? Or Victoria Suzanne, who changed my mind on the true crime genre. And bravo to you there, Victoria, because I wanted to throw that genre out a long time ago. But her writing is good, and it's succinct, and it's fact-based, and it's very, it's very focused. And it goes over and it reinvigorates me about things that I'd already heard and a genre that I had no use for beforehand. Right? That's it. Or Scott Nineman, who writes about living with bipolar disorder. Which, I mean, his stuff's just touching. Holy shit. You really got to get into there. Or David Perlmutter, who wrote some really, really, really great shit. Like, awesome, fun kind of stories that have made me not want to kill people. Which is a pretty big thing for me, because I tend to spend a lot of time angry. But David's, like, he also writes these really great kind of scholarly articles on animation and all. Like, he's, he's interesting. I like reading him. These people do this. They, they don't spend a ton of time going, I don't make enough money, or this or that. They just do the work, and they do it because they love it. I mean, yeah, we all bitch a little bit about wishing we made more, but there's a fine point difference between going, oh, I wish I made more. No, oh, well, back to work, versus sitting there and stamping your feet and going, I'm going to write 9,000 articles about how I don't make enough fucking money. Right? Or Georgia from the last episode of the podcast, Halloween special. Georgia works her ass off. I know, I'm her mentor. That girl is constantly working on new music and on poems and on stories and on essays. She is constantly grinding it out. And musicians don't make a shitload of money either. Look, I got a long list of people that I could keep shouting out here. The point is... Instead of spending your time worrying that it's not fair or it's not right, spend time realizing that you love it and that you're going to do it anyway. And at least be happy with the work you're producing. If I produce great work that nobody likes, at least I can be happy that I, I thought that piece was great. And apparently nobody liked it, but you never know. Maybe in a year, or two, or ten, or a hundred after I'm dead, they will. That's the nature of what we do. That was the deal when you started. And it hasn't changed. So hop off this entrepreneur, Gary V side hustle, lifestyle, porn bullshit. And get back to work and love what you do. Because you're not promised tomorrow. And at the end of the day, if you love what you do, that's enough. Things are hard. You're not entitled to anything. The field's crowded. But if you love it, it's worth it. I promise. I've been at it a long time. And that's it. Happy No Shit November, everybody. We're going to have some more episodes coming for you here soon. Until next time, I'm Matt, just another working writer. And this has been... Well, half a rant and half a confession, but we'll stick with my confession. I'll talk to you all next time.